Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, everybody. Welcome to, welcome back to Gardening Naturally. Uh, hot day today. That's, you know, I can just repeat that every day for about the next 90 days. No rain. Maybe, maybe some scattered rain. You might be lucky enough to get some. Uh, I hope so. Because there's lots of people who need it. And uh, we are so dry here in Texas. What's more, not only are we so, so dry, the drought is spread and spread and spread. We're at least four inches behind on how much rain we should have already this year. At least four inches. That's, um, that's harming everything. That is, that is really setting back many of our trees, our plants, all kinds of things for this lack of water. And if we try to replace it, you know, it's one thing to go turn on a garden hose. But we're running out of water. That means us. I think San Marcos is in stage three for watering. So use it correctly. Apply it when it's needed. Apply that water so that it soaks deep into the soil. And don't waste any. Man, run off. I don't care how much you water concrete. It's not going to grow. All right? So uh, don't know how else to explain it to you. Be careful with it. Don't waste any of it. Let's go to the phone. This is uh, Michelle. Yes. Hi. Okay. Hi. What can I help you with? So I was on YouTube and I saw a video about growing vegetables on your patio. And it's this vertical uh, container garden. I think it's made by, I think the company is Green Life, I believe. So I know, you know, growing vegetables, you need enough sun. So I want to ask you, how can I tell if I have enough sun before I get excited and invest in this um, vertical container tower if I have enough sun? Now, I have a huge spider plant that I had inside. I moved it outside after the last freeze. And since I put it on my patio, it's got all these little white blooms on it. So I'm wondering, since that happened, does that mean I will have enough sun to try to grow some vegetables and herbs in a vertical container garden? Or what's your advice on how to tell okay. how much sun I'm getting? Okay. There are no farms in the shade. So just remember that. First off, you're going to need probably six hours of direct sun, minimum for many of the plants you're going to grow. And 
if you can make sure that it gets six hours of sun, you really have no limit as to what plant you could put in it. Okay, so how how can I measure that? How can I find out if I'm getting six hours of direct sunlight? Sure, take your cell phone. First thing in the morning when the sun comes up, take a picture of the area where you want to put this uh, growing and about every hour, come out and take a picture. At the end of the day, you'll be able to go through the pictures and go, wow, I've got seven pictures in a row taken one hour apart, and they all show lots of sun on that area. Well, that tells you you get your six hours or more. You may wind up looking at all those pictures and go, wow, uh, I don't see any direct sun there. It just depends. But using your phone is one of the easiest ways to take a close look at how much sun you're getting in a certain spot to help you make decisions. Okay, thank you. I'll try that. Yes, ma'am. Good luck. I hope you have enough. Six is a magic number. You want to try less than six? There are some plants that will make it. But uh, if you can get six, you are there really are no limits to what you can grow. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call. Yeah, folks, um, some of us don't have the luxury of having, wow, I've got this open space. I'm going to put in a garden. Some of you only have a small area or a second story balcony. If you can get six hours of sunlight. Now, let's let's talk perfect conditions. Those six hours be in the morning with shade in the afternoon. You've got plenty to grow plants in. Just about any veggie you want will grow in six hours of direct sun. So that means you can uh, put them in containers. You want to orient your garden beds. If you're putting them in the ground in a part of the yard where they'll get that six hours of sun. Like I said, six hours. It would be great if it was from morning till early afternoon and then it's shaded. But if all you have is from you know, two in the afternoon till eight o'clock at night, that's the only time you get sun. Uh, it'll be hot sun, but you can grow things there. Vegetables need a lot of sun to produce the fruit. Many flowers need lots of sun to produce good blooms. That being said, uh, most people will tell you roses need full sun. Well, I have a rose, uh, Marie Pavi, I believe it is, and it has been blooming like crazy since I put it in. It's done even better since we had the hard freeze. Lots of blooms on it in a spot where it is not getting six hours of sun. So even then, there are varieties of plants 
that can manage the sun equation without having to have a lot of it. You can't really correct this. There's no magic way to give more sun. There are lots of ways to provide more shade, but there are not ways to provide more sun. And that <clears throat> that's just the luck of the draw. If you can uh, find a place that lets you do that. You can usually, with a container, move it someplace, unless you are in a totally covered with trees property, you can move it to where it gets more sun. But putting a garden in the ground, the one thing you have to check on, how much sun am I getting during the day? Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, gardeners. You know, I've had enough of the heat. I'm sure everybody has. And we got a lot of it coming yet. We got a long time before we're going to cool off. I noticed one advantage of the heat. I don't have to mow as often. Now, it's really miserable having to mow in this heat. But if I were to mow today, I probably won't mow again for as long as a month, depending on how much rain we get. So the high heat slows down the growth of the grass. That's fine. (laughs) Then I don't have to deal with it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the hot weather. It didn't used to bother me, but not the spring chicken anymore and uh, not really enjoying being out in the garden when it's this hot. So get out early, early before the heat rises and do whatever you need to do and get your work done so that you're not stressing yourself out. Let's go to the phone. This is Javi. Javi, what can I help you with? Jeff, I'm wondering about a little device I can put in my uh, hose outside to uh, to water a timer type. It, do they make a battery operated that's weatherproof? Yes, they do. And you want to put it on the faucet, not on the end of the hose. Yes, sir. Because if the hose bursts, it'll just run forever. I see. That's a good point. Okay. They do make battery-powered ones from pretty straightforward and simple to very complex. Uh Here's the deal. You never want them outside in freezing weather. Oh, I see. Water that is in it will freeze and expand and blow out the seals, and then you just have a brick. I see. (laughs) There are a lot of companies that make them. Um, Rainbird makes some. Orbit makes some. Your your local big box store should have a selection of them. Uh, They are 
they're not cheap, but it's convenient to be able to say, I'm going to set it up so it runs for one hour or two hours every fifth day to water okay. your stuff. It can be very, very convenient. Yes, I will have to, I leave occasionally for a couple of days in a row, and sometimes uh, I come back, everything is really looking sad. Yeah. So, right? Yeah. Now, if you were going on a two-week vacation, I wouldn't trust it. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they're they a lot more reliable than you used to be and things like that. But if you were going to be gone two weeks, I wouldn't trust it. I would ask a neighbor to keep an eye. But if you're only going to be gone a couple of days, they right. they should they should fit the need for you and make sure that your stuff is still watered. Excellent, Jeff. Enjoying your program every weekend. Well, thank you for the call. And uh, you're going to enjoy the timers because they they can work really well. I think I am. So <laughs> I think I'll get one. Thank you. You bet. Uh, let's go to the phone. This is Steven. Steven, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. Uh, love your show. I appreciate you. Uh, I know you mentioned this one time before, and I think I knew what the answer was, but I want to just hear it again from you, is uh, those little tiny burr stickers that, you know, you walk around and, you know, you get them on your feet, you know, um, your shoes, um, sometimes, you know, dogs get coated with them. I think I remember you saying it's those, those little white flowers that are like, sort of like ground cover. Are those what turn into the little burst stickers? I remember you saying it's something about mowing them down before they become stickers. (laughs) Yeah. However, they're not short. They're not ground cover level. Most of these stickers, sometimes known as deer lice, um, they can be 18 inches tall. Okay. So if you can get it pulled, the minute you see, or cut down, the minute you see, it starts to show a little white. That's the flower. The flower makes the burr that is the seed and sticks to everything. But yeah, so what should, are, I, what should I look for on my property? I, sh- I, I should look for a uh, plant that's eighteen, you know, up to eighteen inches high that has white flower on it. Uh, yeah, and uh, the flower will be not just a single bloom; it'll bloom kind of like um, cilantro will, but it'll have a cluster of flowers. Uh, they are really easy to take out of the ground, and it doesn't take a long time before you get control of them. So if you're yeah. aggressive every year, the minute you see one and you can get it out before the flowers turn into the seeds, you'd be surprised it doesn't take very long before you don't have as anywhere near the problem that you started with. Well, can you, uh, is it a pretty flower? I mean, can you enjoy the flower and then just mow over it before it turns into a, a sticker? You hope you can. It's, yeah. that's a tight, tight timing issue. And they are, pollinators love them. So mm-hmm. I really hate cutting them down, 
but I don't like the sticker either. So um, yeah, exa- exactly. I, yeah, I try to let them go. As a matter of fact, I mowed mine down like three weeks ago. Yeah, I think yeah, that's why I remember you talking ago. about it. Yeah. Okay, I'll um, I'll walk around my property and see if I could locate them. It's like I never know where they're coming from, and then I. I walk around and then all of a sudden I look down. I got these things on my my feet and shoes and everything, you know. Yeah, but uh, I go out there right. wearing. Yeah, thanks a lot. I go out Jeff. wearing gloves, it. and it sticks to the cuff of the glove, and I hate them. But pollinators oh, love them, so I try not to lo- to get rid of them too fast. Exactly, and they're they're super super sharp. I mean, it's like you you reach down with your fingers, try to pull it off, and then. It oh oh the, oh! The hang fingers. on, we're talking two different we're talking two different kinds of stickers here. Okay, I'm talking the deer lice, which is about the size of a grain of rice, and it feels almost like Velcro. You're talking okay. about the sandbur. Uh, Sancris long spinous is the Latin name for it. I suck at Latin, so don't take my word for that. Um, Those, if you can drag um, a board, put a rope on on a board, attach it to each end of a small board, wrap the board with a piece of old frost cloth, a rug, anything you're going to throw away, you can walk across the property the idea is that the burrs will stick to it, and you can just throw the whole thing away. That will reduce how many you'll have next year. They are true annuals. If you use the corn gluten as a pre-emergent, you can start getting rid of them every year because you won't get them to come up anymore. What about mowing them down before they become stickers? Uh, good luck with that. They tend to duck under a lawnmower. They stay really low. They love nasty soil. So the better your soil, the less likely you're going to get them. Okay, got it. Well, we got we got a lot of good nasty soil out here in Driftwood. So, (laughs) yeah, you should come to my house. I got the same problem. I got more of those stickers than I do grass. But yeah, yes. Okay. They're a pain. All right. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for the call. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Mary, I see you there. Can you hang on? I got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is uh, this is Mary. Mary, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. Great show. Thank you. Uh, this is Mary in Austin. I have a question about the burr oak tree. Yes, ma'am. I have a favorite new tree. It's over there by 71 in Mopac, and I collected some burr oaks there this last season. If I had a good tree to sort of randomly uh, plant, maybe in the alleys here and there, would that tree do well here in Austin? It does very well here in Austin, but it can get huge. It's not a real fast (laughs) grower, but it can get huge. Um, 
the burr oak grows um, it, up in the Midwest, up to Canada, and you can find 100-footers there. Now, you won't likely find a 100-footer down here in Texas because of the heat, but they can get to be very big trees. And do they need much water? Uh, just to get just to get them started. Uh, more water will make them grow well, but um, after the first couple of years and they are kind of established as a tree, uh, they can almost make it on what falls from the sky. Very good. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for the call. Yeah, folks, bur oaks are great. Uh, they can manage once established. That's good for every tree. Once it's established itself, it needs less water. Most of them can manage on what falls from the sky. Unless we have, like this year, we're way behind on our normal rainfall. Let's go to the phone. This is Gloria. Gloria, what can I help you with? Yeah, uh, I got a big problem. <laughs> so I've got a, a, a large backyard full of uh, dead um, horse herb. Um, and underneath that horse herb are the sand burrs that you're referring to. Um, and uh, they're all, everything is burnt to a crisp. And um, also I have some remnants of some uh, wildflowers that I didn't have last year, but, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly want to try to make happen next year. Um, so uh, my question is, can I just uh, rip all of that stuff up, or do I need to leave the, the root so it comes back next year? Well, most of the wildflowers are annuals. There are some perennials, but they would have left seed. So if you rip everything else up, it'll just depend on whether those wildflowers laid down any seed for you. Um, okay. If so, they but did, I can, yeah, I can okay. pull the whole plant up because it's an annual. Because there's if there's no nothing left on the seed head except a round ball. Right. Okay. And what about the horse herd? If it gets water, it'll come back. Well, but the problem is that it's, it's you know, just crunchy and dried up, and underneath all of that are <laughs> sandbirds. Well, um, you're kind of stuck. If you can pull it up, you can pull up those plants, too. They're an annual. So pulling them out and trying your best to get the seed, the little spur, that will mean you'll have less of them next year. So I can pull all the horse herb up, and I'll, it'll come back. The horse herb is going to try to come back, yes, because it is the perennial and it is receding. So oh, okay, it, it would come back. Water is the clue there. Yeah, well, it would have to be resurrected from the dead. Um, You'd you be know, surprised. 
You would so be, you would be surprised. Now everything is just, you know, burnt to a crisp. <laughs> yep, that that's the problem living in Texas. And you know, you may want to make a different approach here. Um, don't have a yard unless you need it. You know, minimize it so you only have one little area you have to take care of. It's a lot easier to keep it green and lush and all of that. And let the rest of it be wildflowers. Yeah, easier said than done. I got a heck of a lot of money, time, and blood, sweat, and tears put into it. <laughs> Just let let it fell. It's, it's dying on its own, so I don't have to help it. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yes, on the horse, I I could just tear all that stuff up and uh, get down to bare ground and find out if things receded. Yep. Okie dokie. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks for the call, Gloria. Yeah, folks, um, it's about water. Sorry, that's the answer. Our stuff is looking terrible. Our stuff is dying because it's about the water and replace your turf with something that doesn't need as much and it'll look better. You know, there are lots of wildflowers. There are lots of perennial plants that will look fantastic, except you've got to consider the water. Let's go to the phone. This is Susan. Susan, what can I help you with? Hi, good morning. I was at the Saturday market yesterday, and all these people were raving about tomato pie. And I had never heard of it. And so I thought I'd put it out there to you. Have you ever had tomato pie? Or Every season that I get tomatoes, yes. I've never heard of it. And I was like, tomato pie. And they were saying how delicious it was. So I just thought I'd put it out there and just see if anybody's ever made it or... Oh, it's a it is a common southern thing, especially yeah. when you get a good crop of tomatoes. Um, yeah, I haven't got any tomatoes to make it yet this year. I mean, I didn't get the slicers I wanted so that I could have made tomato pie. But um, yeah, if I if I get good tomatoes, it's a good way to use them, especially if you get a whole bunch of tomatoes at once. Make a bunch of them into pie. Well, I'm going to try it. I just wondered if you had heard of it. Well, thank you. Thanks for the call, Susan. Um, Wait till she finds out about fried green tomatoes. Uh, I haven't gotten enough tomatoes this year. Now, I've got some that uh, we used and got to make panzanella and things like that but I didn't get enough to be able to make tomato pie. Like I've been talking about, I'm gonna be cutting my tomatoes in half or less and fertilize them, water them, and try to milk them through until the fall so that they can produce again. I have uh, indeterminate varieties in the ground right now and that should allow them to come back and I'm looking forward to a break in the weather when the fall tomatoes will be going crazy. At least I hope they're going crazy. 
always, always a ton of recipes for tomatoes, always, and they're all good. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, Got to take a break here. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's go to the phone. This is Bo. Bo, what can I help you with? Yeah, Jeff. Um, my roses, uh, they keep growing, but they're not putting on buds, and it's a uh, hybrid bush are you cutting off the dead blooms i haven't gotten any blooms that's the problem it did it keeps are growing you, it's green it's healthy and everything um but it's just not putting blooms on what are you fertilizing it with i have been fertilizing it with uh, has to grow that's a good choice that should have encouraged it the only thing I can tell you is it may be the heat. Some of the some of the roses are like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. This is too much work, which I agree. It's too much work. But it could be the heat that's keeping them from blooming. Okay. And even though I got two other rose bushes uh, like four feet away from it and they're blooming. Yep. There's no relationship in that. You can have them. You can get 10 of the exact same plant and put them in the exact same conditions and they won't all behave the same. So don't be real surprised about that. If it's growing too much and it's getting out of hand, consider cutting it back a little bit. That may encourage it to put on blooms. Yeah. Oh, I, I've had to once. It got so leggy, but just no blooms. And then uh, on my lantana, I got a question about that. Um, again, I got some of my plants are just blooming like crazy, and then some of them aren't. Um, the seeds, I mean, are the blooms, do they start off like with a little green ball, and then they bloom, and then they turn into a little black ball? What's That's the seed. You just described it. <clears throat> Starts off with that small green one that's going to become the flower. That's the, the bloom yeah. bud. And then those flowers, you'll find all those little balls on the top of it. Those are going to be the seeds. Okay. Is there any, uh, any way to try to push blooms onto those? Um, not really. They're more of a native plant, so they don't uh-huh. really require a lot of fertilizer. If you're going to do that, that has to grow once in a while, maybe once a month. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea to help them bloom. The other thing, again, with the lantana is to cut out the dead blooms, deadhead it. So it encourages yeah. it to put on new blooms. Okay. Alrighty. And how often should I uh, use the has to grow on the roses? You know, once every two weeks is a lot. You can yeah, try that and see how that works. Okay. That's about what I've been doing with everything. So, okay. 
I'll keep at it. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for the call, Bo. Yeah, folks, we are asking a lot of our plants in these weather conditions. It is horrendous out there for our plants. It is just nothing but heat. And they can grow, but to ask them to put on fruit or flower, that can be too much for some of them. Is disappointing, no doubt about it. I would love to see constant blooms on my roses, but my roses would love to see cooler weather. I can't control that. So I just try to help it as best I can. Give them the water they need, fertilize them once in a while, deadhead them, and that helps them bloom. But you really do need help because of the terrible, terrible weather. They are doing the best they can. And fortunately, there are plants that thrive in this heat. Esperanza, Texas yellow bells, oh, it likes this heat and it will bloom through it really, really well. Uh, Mexican uh, firebush, Hamelia, it will bloom now. You can do, I have Mexican honeysuckle going crazy, going crazy, just covered with orange tubular flowers all over. Hummingbirds love it. Interesting thing about my hummingbird, um, I have a huge Turk's cap, I had to think of the name of it. And it's blooming a lot. It will have a smaller bloom in this heat, but it blooms a lot. All kinds of red flowers all over it. I hang a hummingbird feeder right next to the Turk's cap. I got a hummingbird to finally stop by and check out the feeder. And he stuck his beak in it and took a taste and immediately flew off and headed straight to the Turk's cap. I haven't got him to come back to the feeder since. The real thing is so much better to them than any of the, the nectars that we can put in a jar for them to eat from. So I wound up taking the feeder down and uh, every day at, oh, about 5.15, I have a hummingbird that comes by and visits. He stops by for dinner. He must like the restaurant he's going to because he's all over my Turk's cap. Good luck, folks. If you're putting up a feeder, you should be putting it up because you don't have any flowering plants that the hummingbird wants to feast on. But if you do, they will take the flowering plants over the feeders. I don't have to make new nectar every couple of days. I don't have to worry about bees or wasps getting too carried away with it. The plants that I have in the yard have done an excellent job of hauling in the 
hummingbirds for me. Lots of them, beautiful little birds. Folks, this has been Gardening Naturally. I hope you enjoy the day. Hope you enjoy the holiday with the 4th on Tuesday. Be careful with your fireworks, folks. As hot and dry as it is, it would take nothing to start a fire. I will see you all again next Saturday at 9 o'clock, and uh, I hope you have a great week.